You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. Welcome to the last episode of the Numenera for the Lore podcast. Here's what's happened so far. What seems like weeks ago, but was really only two nights ago, the city of Nuyen, the fastest growing city in the Ninth World, was rocked by explosions and quakes, and our intrepid heroes went to investigate. They discovered uh, that someone or something had tampered with one of the ancient uh buildings that made up the old city and it le- looks like that Rue's old masters and keepers the syndicate are the ones behind it and she explained to our intrepid crew who the syndicate was and why this is dangerous they did this in the safety of Jack's, uh, Jack's home which has got automated security defenses and coffee I'm assuming there's coffee there because Jack is a civilized human being Yeah, of course. Um, Before we get started, was there anything that you guys think I'm leaving out? Oh, Chris did uh, make sure that his contact, um, you know, turned over the goods. I didn't want to leave Chris out from the uh, discussion. I'm just trying to be sure that we know our path forward because our initial thought was that we had to take the... uh, the MacGuffin back to where it came from to repair it, but there was the potential that more of these things could be present and used as weapons, if I'm remembering correctly. That is inc- that is very correct. Quite correct, in fact. There was uh, a discussion of concern that the Syndicate would get their hands on this old-world tech that is uh, once removed from the city, stashed into your... literally in the body of your fence that... Uh, the syndicate gets their hands on it. They can craft weapons or do all sorts of damaging things. The device that you guys have is a rod uh, uh, made of crystal or synth. You're not entirely sure exactly which it is uh, without doing a few more tests. This device is incredibly powerful, has a lot of energy inside of it, and... That's all I remember telling you guys. Does anybody else remember anything different about the MacGuffin? I mean, the crystal. Me. I, I, I know there was a tie-in with Rue specifically, but as far as Chris is concerned, I think that... Yes. It's similarly uh, made of similar materials to some of her insides. The insides which are in uh, Podgul's totem, uh, totem Wolf, as well as... Uh, well, we'll leave it there for now. So there you are. You have destroyed your communication devices because you were afraid that the syndicate had gotten hands on networks that you had created and were listening, uh, including uh, erroneous texts, or not erroneous, but you were being set up by text almost. And you are all there in Roger's house, uh, in Jack's house, uh, and you were discussing what to do next. So do we just try to keep this one away or do we do the hero thing and try to prevent more of these from falling into the wrong hand? I mean, I got a really sharp axe, so I know which way I'm leaning. You know, uh, my, my mentor back in college once uh, gave me a great life tip follow the guy with the sharp axe. Wise man. I'm surprised I, I look over at Rue and, and Roger's character and just kind of like, your guys are quiet. Thoughts? I'd like more information before I decide if we're going to dive in head first without knowing what's there. Like, what are the odds that the other ones will be taken? How big a job was this that we could expect they'd be able to pull it off again? That kind of thing. 
they've been working on operations similar to this for for years that I know of. They're just not an organization to be underestimated. Not at all. And, uh, for the record, I've kind of built my career on diving headfirst into the unknown. Come out pretty intact so far. Even uh, a couple upgrades, if you want to put it that way. As you say that, Jack will actually cast a glance towards um, Terrence and not say anything. But you could tell that there's something going on there and that he no longer dives in headfirst. If I knew that this is what we were going to be up against, I, I'll be honest, I would have ran. But I, I won't leave you if you guys don't want me. But I do say that I go in with apprehension, but don't know any other way to stop them. So what exactly are we suggesting here? Find who did the job and chop them in half. I mean, that's where I'm going with this. I don't know about the rest of you. I mean, you sent a good enough message. And you don't have to worry about people repeating it. Uh, DM, would I happen to have any leads or have any idea as to who would be the person that would kind of spearhead this kind of... That's a great question. Um, I'm looking at your sheet right now. I feel like there's nothing on your sheet that would give you... Oh, there it is. So you do have insight. So if this is something that you have been concerned about and would always put out some feelers, um, you probably would have some contacts that you could go talk to if that's the way Rue would handle it. Um, you could also make an educated guess just based on your contact with the syndicate over years, like who it could be. Um, feel free to run with that and say who they are. In addition to that, it could also, well, it's been a while. So let's just go over some of the options. Um, you guys were concerned that without this power source, that the damage to the city would continue. However, it does appear that the city is compensating and it is, the damage has been done, but it hasn't been healed yet, except for the massive bridge part which uh was repairing itself um that was one of the things that you guys were concerned about as for finding out who the low lives are within this there's there's definitely ways you guys can go in and there and go do that so there's two ways we can go about getting a man and and chopping the head there are contacts there are still some moles within the syndicate whom I can get in touch with if you would want to go in that direction. Just say the word, but I don't know how much information they'll give me. I don't know if they'll give me times, locations, when that person will be at per, you know location XYZ, but I can always look in. What I need is just an antenna. Chris kind of looks over at the dog's tail, but doesn't say anything. I kind of look to Podgol, and I can't really smile, but I kind of just give him, like, these puppy dog eyes. I mean, you can ask him. He's right there. Oh. oh okay. So Rue would actually walk over to him, kind of petting him, looking at him, and then you would see that as she would kind of, I guess, do a similar expression to, to like, stroking a pet, you see that she goes up to the tip, and like a flicker from her finger to the antenna almost makes like a hollow projector on the screen. And then you just see almost what would look similar to hacking. You would just see all these like commands just rush down the screen until it picks up a transmission with another sentient robot being that looks similar to her. His name is Hey Hey. And okay. you kind of see that there's no talking between the two of them but you see her eyes actually change out of the original color to almost look like um like sound waves almost where her 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 robot cyborg pupils would be 
and you could see that they're it almost looks like they're transferring information back and forth to each other but you could see that he's doing it and you could see that she's doing it so finally after what seems about maybe five or six minutes you know it stops their pupils kind of return and the robot just kind of clicks off and then she also kind of just reboots down and then restarts so there's a guy a guy i know very well he's not good he's not good at all his name is berg he's the mastermind behind all of okay so do i do i hit him with my axe now how does this work He's not going to be alone. He's going to run deep. And he's going to run deep with other sentient beings. I don't know how much of their software has been corrupted, but they're going to be tough. If you can combat that, maybe we have a fighting champion. I have a feeling pods seem tougher. Eh. You've never seen robots fight before, have you? I mean, it's just like biology. It disassembles, right? If you want to believe that. And then you kind of see her arms, what used to be hands, actually kind of transform and meld into, like, long swords. And she goes, sometimes they look worse than this. Cool. Like, Puggles completely not daunted at all. I'll actually walk over to Jack. Listen, Jack, uh, you're not, I'm not going to force you. Like, your decisions are your own. Rue's doing this because she's tied up in it. Pod's got his sense of honor. I mean, I'm just in it to get paid. So not pretending to be any altruistic or that, but we all have our own reasons for doing or not doing what's going on here so uh i understand if you're a little hesitant i know you're not as much of a field operative as the rest of us but if nothing else you can keep the artifact safe if things go wrong for us we don't want it to fall right into the enemy hands Jack will actually put his hands up just to, to stop you. And again, while still looking at Terrence, say he has to learn that sometimes there's some things that you have to stand up for, even if it's dangerous. So we're in. All right. Well, I was kind of planning on you saying you'd stay behind, so we still need to keep this thing safe. Then I guess we're bringing it with us. Well, on the bright side, if things don't go well... We won't be there to see the consequences. Yeah. Uh, let's just not fuck this up then. Um, Marty. Yes. We're at my place. I would stand to reason Jack would say at some point, okay, if we're doing this, then I'm going to make sure that we're all geared as best as we can. So if, is there anything that I would need to roll to, tinker with their gear if they want to or give them an upgrade of some kind before we head into battle well that was the whole point of this guy that he was going to be helping them with their weapons and stuff yeah let's take a look and see what we can you can make happen well let's start with uh chris what does he use as a weapon uh he's got a, a shock baton uh Although I would say, because it's kind of integrated with the armor, that perhaps uh, Chris could work on, or I'm sorry, Jack could work on toughening up the armor itself. So it can, like, theoretically go from, I think it's now chain mail up to splint or something. Well, we're looking at, again, so, a, a system where technology is fairly advanced. Could Jack not be making a personal force field of some kind for him? Well, again, it, keeping things to the character, like the armor has personal force fields and stuff like gotcha. that. It's, right. it, if things get past the magical barriers, it's still nice to have some metal. Gotcha. Sorry, so, 
I, Roger, I need you to make me an arcana check. Okay. So the the difficulty that I set was above eight. Okay. What I'm going to need you to do, uh, what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to give um, Chris uh, 10 bonus hit points that will uh, basically be a blade of armor. Um, this is what you're able to do. If you want to take longer, it will take, you know, take hours to work on somebody else's stuff. Um, because the technology that is in Chris's armor is not, is stuff that you've seen before, but not the stuff that you would not normally pick up for work on other projects, let's say. So you've given him, uh, so uh, Vince, give yourself uh, 10 temporary hit points that will count as a blade of armor and it will just, you know, just you guys tell me what this ablative uh, coating or armor looks like for the audience. So uh, I would say uh, maybe he just kind of like uh, cleans up the uh, the turbines, makes them run a little more efficiently so that uh, it, it it's able to pump out like slightly more of its uh, energizing juice like my. Uh, because it has like a forearm mounted shield, like an, an energy barrier. Okay. Mechanically, it's like an actual shield. So maybe that uh, gets a little bigger or hardier. We can withstand a couple extra blows. I like it. Um, and uh, Chris will also uh, see like Jack, like kind of like like okay, like he he's he's he could tell that Jack's trying to help but you know maybe things are a little over over his head and he's like don't worry jack you've already helped more than you know and he's filling up his thermos with some of jack's coffee he's like i've got my supplies now i'm not going to say your character concept uh roger is to do this kind of stuff so if you want if you guys want to take a longer rest and make another uh arcana check you'll be able to see how many more things you can do um, but for right now, that's the best you're going to be able to make. Uh, to do more than just give bonus hit points or something along that line, you're going to have to get over an eight. Sound, sound good? Yeah. Well, I'm cool. going to actually put it to the group then and say we can either, while you guys are planning the hit, I can work on somebody else's armor or we can just take off if we're winging this. It's up to you guys. Rue, you're the expert. Do we have to worry about these guys getting away? They don't retreat, so I would be inclined to say that they'll fight with their final breath. I think they're not going to run. They're not going to retreat at any point whatsoever. So it makes but a lot least... more sense than if we prep and make sure we're as tough as possible before going in. I would be inclined to say so, yes. But we do have some advantages. I still have signatures from the syndicate that we can use to get in. And even the puppy can help with that. Thankfully, uh, when I went and gave him my piece of armor and put it into his system, it's going to identify his signatures, but it's still going to use my technology. So they won't recognize specifically which AI it is. And we can at least use that to kind of throw them off to make them think that there's an intruder in the building, but they don't know who. Okay, so what kind of thing could Jack do to help your character if your character was willing to get some form of upgrade of some kind, be it to themselves, their armor, or their weapon? Uh, one of the biggest things that they would probably try to do is they would probably try to attack me by bringing down my system software if there's any type of anti-hacking technology that you would happen to have or any software codes or builds that you can input into my system and you know upload it from your technology into my mainframe, I think that would be of a great help. All right. At this being very much in character then, I'm going to wave Terrence over, get them to sit down, and I'm going to dig a cable out of a drawer and... Terrence will have heard what was going on. So he'll press and activate something in his forearm that'll show a series of ports and he'll plug it in. And then 
we'll give the other one to Rue and at her convenience she can plug in. Basically, Terrence would have had the best possible uh, anti-hacking software, everything, because of the emotional attachment. So Jack would have made sure of that. So basically, he could copy over any of that to Rue. Now, out of curiosity, when they are doing the port between Terrence and Rue, would there be for any reason she would grab any like personal memories that Terrence might have had from no. his former years? No, none of that, no. Okay, got it. All right, does that sound all right, Marty? It sounds good to me. Okay, so another Arcana roll? Um, well, this time... Yeah, I think Arcana is the way to go. This That's your basic check here. Um, but I'm going to let you do it with advantage because you're using Terrence to help. So go ahead and make the roll. Okay. So uh, you're building up, it sounds to me, uh, Rue's internal defenses. And that is a very successful roll. Um, it is above the minimum. Not quite at like a, a place where I'd say like you get more stuff. Uh, but it's not, it's a very good roll. Uh, for those at home, Roger rolled a 21 and a 23. This is good. So, Rue, your saving throws as a rogue are int and dex. That is correct. Okay. Uh, so, all the uh, additional... Uh, all the additional software upgrades, uh, all the additional, you know, uh, nano spirit upgrading that's going on here. I am basically going to say that uh, all your saving throws for the next, uh, the next encounter uh, to, so for the rest of today's session, all of your saving throws will be made with advantage. Um, Sound like a fair, sound fair? Yep, that sounds good to me. Okie doke. Now, because this is something that I asked Terrence to do with her, that leaves me free at the same time that I can ask Pod the same thing. I know you're comfortable with the, your setup, but you're a tinker just as well as I am, so you know every little bit of edge helps. Is there anything I could do to help you, your gear, give you anything else that you might like? Anything at all? I mean, as far as gear goes, the only thing I really have, and I point to my axe. My pot doesn't wear armor at all. Yeah, I didn't think so. What kind of axe are we looking at? Just a very basic kind of axe? Like old school uh, axe? It, it's not old school. It's made out of like bits of technology. Uh, it is very much a great axe, double-headed, like, monstrous-looking thing that sort of, like, when he's not using it, compresses down so it can fit in, like, against his back. Uh, but it's sort of like that old-style great axe, but made out of, like, bits of technology that he's found or cobbled together. What if, if we steal a little something from WoW gear to break character and uh, and rogues... What if Jack could apply something to the axe, like a, not a poison, but a digital poison? So if, uh, if you attack something, it, it causes a, not a bleed, but a diseased effect of some kind to whatever you hit. Is that even possible, Marty? Yes. Um, anything's possible because... I'm in charge of the rules, so I'll make them up as we go along. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, go ahead and... Well, hold on, um, hold on, hold on. Let's ask him if he even wants it, first of all, before I roll. Well, you're welcome to try. Okay. All right. Tell me what I got to do, Marty. Uh, make an arcana check. Uh, I'm basically already going to say that this is going to... Whatever you do, it's going to work. The better the check, uh, the longer it will last. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so, Roger continues to be really good at D&D. &D. Yeah. <laughs> Roger rolls good whenever, uh, which is making me 
a little bit jealous uh, after 20 years of playing D&D. I still don't roll above a 10 unless it's like, go ahead and make your history check. Anyway, um, here's what, uh, what do you do to the axe? Like what sort of, what given Jack's jack of all trade experience with technology, what is he, is this like, um, are you replacing an axe head? Are you sharpening it with something? Are you no, running it, it under a computer? Like what are you, what are you doing here? If it is a tech-based axe, um, what I would suggest we do is essentially create a, something within it so that as it is slicing, it's releasing nanites. And those nanites would have some poison or something that deteriorates, let's say, white blood cells or whatever kind of thing from within. So with every swipe, it's releasing nanites into the cut as well kind of thing. So it applies that dot. Got it. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I now know what this does. Uh, and it will be good because you got the 23. It will definitely be good for now. And next time you have to add something to this effect, maybe it'll last longer. Um, okay. That's that's it. And like I had said before, too, if, he, if you want to give him a, uh, a swipe of some sort so that he's not as strong in battle when we do go in, I understand that, because the whole point of the character was to support the other, so I did that. Oh, well, when, if, we, if we ever do an episode deconstructing how all this happened... Uh, remind me that you said that because we'll just go over and talk about the changes that had to be made. Anyway, um, Marty, yes. uh, I'm going to float uh, an idea. Feel free to say no. Sure. Uh, since I've uh, in setting reskinned my cure wounds uh, skill as being actual med packs from the armor, how would you feel about me? spending the spell slot and just giving Jack a med pack so he can function as support if somebody needs it. I think that's fine. So yeah, Jack, I'll, uh, you'll see like the, the, on my belt, I'll pull out. It's essentially like, you know, like nano gel, if you will, that'll, that'll heal wounds. I'm sure you've seen it previously and I'll hand it to you. And like, eh, if, if we need a little backup, uh, I know you'll be right where we need you, right when we need you. Jack will just nod and take it and put it in his jacket. So Rue is also going to come to the center of the room, and she's going to kind of flick her, her forearm up, and that's going to show a projector, which is going to show a layout of the area from the information that she got from Hey Hey, And she's going to kind of have like almost these like points that light up to show you the possible locations of entry as to where we could possibly see enemy opposition coming in. Um, as a scout, she's familiar with the exits and she's going to give you guys just a basic rundown of, you know, what would be the toughest areas for us or what kind of keep us pigeonholed in a corner and probably like our best strategic attack of, of formation going in. Okay. I'm going to add to uh, Rue's projections as you're getting all this information from Hey Hey, combining it with all the seismological data that you guys took earlier uh, and the time uh, data that was all generated, uh, you have a really good idea of where these guys are. Um, basically, they are in or fairly close to the epicenter of the initial set of quakes. They are in the uh, Theramore side, uh, more towards the center of the, uh, just outside of the uh, bear, actually in the center of the town of that aspect of Nguyen. Remember, Nguyen is made up of like four towns and four neighborhoods and it's divided that way. Uh, I will see if I can uh, get a link to this. Nope. Uh, but basically, what you're going to be able to do uh, is just pinpoint where the best place to start looking for them would be, and then with other bits of, of what you've gathered, lay out some sort of tactical plan to go in. 
Uh, but where your information ends is, uh, let me pull this up. Uh, you know that uh, from Hey Hey, what, when you guys were in that information exchange, there was uh, a room associated with the same kind of technology that you are both familiar with to one degree or another. Uh, it is a ruin that hasn't been properly or fully explored yet, but it kind of fits the plan that this would be the uh, campsite or main base of Berg and his people. How many people he has anywhere between, you know, uh, it's he's always got at least two people with him, but he does command a complete cell of syndicate people. So they could all be there or it just could be the three of them. But you know where you have a you have a ninety five percent probability of properly identifying where the campsite is. Make sense? That makes sense to me, and I'm gonna try to relay that information all to the the party as well and say these are the best estimations that I can make right now based on the information that's been given to me. From this point, everything else we're basically going blind in with, but I hope I've given as much information as I can. I'd rather be prepared and safe than sorry. So. Is this a ruin I am familiar with Marty? No, this is not a ruin that you are completely familiar with. You know, it exists, but it's on your list of like, uh, this is, this is related to, you know, the great lizard empire that reigned in a previous age um, but th there's something off about it. So you haven't been willing to go into it just yet. You know, it exists, you know, exactly what Rue is talking about. And you also know that like, not a lot of people have gone to this particular, uh, ruin just because it is, um, well, people have, they just never come back from it. God, that place sucks. No wonder it's full of vermin. All right, well, we head note. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Okay. okay um, as everybody leaves, Jack will hang back for a moment, and he'll keep Terrence back, and everybody, once they've left, he's going to go over to a drawer, and he's taking, he's going to take a gun out and give it to Terrence. And as he's giving it to him, he's going to tell him, again, sometimes you have to fight for your home. And as you've constantly been telling me lately, this is our home. Do you, do you want me to stay here or am I nope, we're going coming now. with you? Nope, that's, I gave him the gun. Now we're going. Okay. Uh, all right. Now it's up to you, DM, whether you want him to fumble with it or actually be useful in combat. I've got an work. idea. Okay. We have it. We don't have any stats for Terrence, and so yeah. I don't want to. It might be a little bit unbalancing, but we'll bring him into the narrative somehow. Um, okay. Unless uh, there was um, any desire to do something else in the city or to build up to this, I'm just gonna take you guys to where you got to go. We're ready. All right. The bridge that was once broken has been mostly repaired. It is still a dead zone in regards to the plants and vines that have been growing on it before. It does, it also, but it doesn't smell like rot or uh, it doesn't smell like it's uh, coming apart like it was before. It is a couple, it, it's a quick walk to the, where you pick up that, that horseless carriage. You take the carriage on rails across the bridge uh, and it is a quick pace walk um, to it while you're in this part of the of Nuyen to uh, what looks to be uh, it's it's a foundry. It's a factory of some sort. It has been it's one of the places in Nuyen that has been building uh, synth and crystal and plasteel and all sorts of other weird stuff that people have been using to build houses. There are no mines per se. They're just factory workers who are working with machines and who knows where it comes from. It's just churning this stuff out. Uh, within 
normally there would be some sort of an interaction between you guys and the foreman, but this uh, this place is uh, on a skeleton crew because there, people are a little bit afraid of what happened because of the earthquakes, so it's not completely manned. And it is very easy to just uh, go in, uh, take the elevator. There's an, a, a, oh, I shouldn't call an elevator, but take an elevator down into uh, what you can see. I hopefully what everybody can see on the D20 map. Uh, it's got a big old 12 on it. I see your 12. You see the 12. Okay. Um, you don't have to have it open. I just thought it would be a fun kind of way to have the dungeon up there so people can see it and no one has to, you know, be the official mapper because God, I've always hated that role. Okay. Uh, the first thing that strikes you as the elevator comes is you pass a couple of feet of water. The elevator itself, the water doesn't come in. Um, the It's just smoothly descends down, but you go through, eh, you know, a good uh, two jacks full of water before you get to a dry space. Uh, once the elevator docks, you can see that above you, the ceiling, the stone that you passed at first is just covered in water uh, that is flowing, um, flowing out and around towards the north. So it's the whole ceiling is water. The current is pulling things to the north. Uh, the whoa, whoa, floor. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Hold oh, on. sorry. Go ahead. The floor or the ceiling is water. Sorry. The ceiling is water. The floor uh, is stone. It makes perfect sense now. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the ceiling is water. The floor is stone. Uh, it's cooler in here. Smells. Uh, a lot like the sea, very, uh, very salty, um, briny even. There are eight uh, human-sized tubes of glass uh, that have white, some sort of uh, ceramic bases uh, that are permanently placed uh, in neat rows of, uh, in neat rows there are also uh, in the center, actually not in the center, uh, off to the side, so to the west of the 12, there is a, a campsite uh, made of uh, um, basically mylar tents. Um, uh, there's no fire, um, but there is like a cube on the ground that anybody with an arcana check of over 10 would identify as a light source and a heating source and a cooking element. Uh, there's also the far, the north wall is a series of shelves that have been completely scavenged and torn apart. Uh, think of like um, if alpha shelving came in like living wood, that's what it would be. Uh, so there you have these shelving units, this campsite, these eight tubes, uh, and there's scattered debris and detritus all around. One of the things about uh, Numenera is that when the situations like this arise, characters are encouraged to scavenge to look for ciphers. So feel free to make your uh, arcana checks if you want to find some, uh, some ciphers. Would you settle for survival or perception? Uh, from your character, yes. Uh, your character could also do religion. No, survival sounds good. Could I do survival too, by chance? <laughs> um, no. Perception. I'll give you a perception check. All right, I'll take that. Okay, sorry. What am I rolling here? Arcana, you said? Arcana. Okay. And Joe, you can feel free to roll a perception check if you want. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go in order of uh, highest to low. Roger, uh, by one of the tanks, you get a... You find a... Uh, it's a series of cubes, um, not unlike uh, those 
constantly rotating cubes that you see in Curse of Osiris. Uh, they are very cold to the touch. Um, this is uh, something that would be, it's part of these tubes uh, that would be used to cryogenically freeze something. Uh, for you in this case, it will be, it would be a one use uh, cold spell or um, I'll have to find the exact spell finger of cold, whatever. Which, uh, which does damage or does damage. Okay. You could use it to do damage. You could also use it in something else. I'm sure that this type of like cooling slash freezing element would be of use to you, not just in combat. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it in my bag. Thanks. Uh, Vince on the shelf itself, um, which is a weird phrase. You notice that there is uh, in the back, uh, there is actually um part of it that is beginning to bud that if you took your knife, you could take this and it would, uh, you could use this device for, uh, to build your own shelving that would help you organize stuff. It might also, uh, be useful in terms of like extra dimensional spaces. It could also, um, be useful in terms of like, Oh, I don't know. Um, helping you, uh, lay the lattice work for any other biological projects that you wanted to do. So it's basically like, think of it as a, uh, this is budding and it's a little bit mutated and it's more than just a, sh you know, shelving unit, but it could be used as a structure for any type of project. Um, in combat, it would do something else. Um, I know exactly what it would do. Um, but you know, you'd have to like throw it and activate it somehow, which you never have too many bookshelves. Right. Listen, man, bookshelves, bookshelves are where it's at. Have you seen my hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pod and Rue, you guys both, uh, your eyes are drawn to the same bit of uh, what at first appears to be just synth, but it's actually uh it's actually uh, the hilt of a dagger uh the synth part uh is there but it's only like a little bit of where the blade should be uh it turns out it's a it's a it's not really part where the blade is the synth part is a cap to keep whatever in the hilt um inside i just let rue have it do you take the cap off room? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So uh, what shoots forth from this cap is a light, uh, golden light source. Not like a lightsaber completely, but definitely a uh, some sort of blade. Uh, it's actually, for lack of a better term for Numenera, it's a sun blade. Um, however, it's the light is flickering and flashing off and on. It's going to it's no lot. It's been here so long that the power source is nearly empty. So it's a, a sun blade that's good for one or two hits before it would probably fits out. It's a magic sword. So. OK. Uh, is there. Any other investigation that you guys want to do in this room? Uh, actually, uh, Vince and Roger, you guys both can make me an additional arcano or religion check. Uh, Vince, you, uh, Chris realizes that these tubes are not, um, that there are enough pieces and like one of the, you know, three of the glasses are intact. And then if you just cannibalize the rest of them, you could repair these tubes and restore them to what they should be. What they exactly are, um, there's a cryo element to it. There's a heating element to it. Uh, clearly that sunblade that um, Rue has was something to do with it. Somebody just left it here. It looks like it could have easily been a component to some sort of a heating element or some sort of other sort of light based thing. Uh, it would take you time to figure out what these 
are, but you could uh, repair these tubes uh, also um, and get their full use out if you take Ruse, the thing that she found. You could repair them to restore them to whatever purpose the prior age had them to be. It's definitely something I will make a note of for the future, but I don't think that's a good use of our time when we are in enemy territory at the moment. Nope. <laughs> uh, somebody please take a note that uh, when we actually, like the last session that we got to this room. Anyway, um, there are two, there are actually three, clear, one clear way out. Um, but it looks like there is water flowing, uh, on the North, uh, and then a little bit to the West and then North and a little bit to the East. Indicating, and it's pooling at that site, indicating that there might be something else there. Which way do you guys want to go? Well, Jack's just tagging along, Jack and Terrence. So basically... I was under the impression Ruru was more familiar here with the what was going on in the people, so. Yeah, she would ideally say go east. All right, I head east. Yeah, I, I, I feel Jack, or I'm sorry, not Jack, uh, Pod and Chris will definitely be taking lead in our ventures. For okay, so you guys are heading east. Uh, once you... So uh, is there a particular order that you guys want to be in? I'll take up front. Okay. I'd go behind pod. Okay. Jack will take the the uh, the end. Okay. And once we start uh, venturing in, you'll see that the uh, the shock baton will kind of like uh, snap forward into Chris's hand and he'll activate the electric barrier shield on his other forearm. So he's prepared for anything that might they might find. Gotcha. Uh, so north and east, uh, the, once the door opens, the water flows forward. Uh, the surface water on the ceiling, it looks like it goes down a little bit as the, there's a, another passage for it to like fully go through. Uh it's clear that the door opens up and you can uh, go north and then there's another right turn uh, that you can make as you uh, begin to proceed through these. Uh, at once, they may have been the same material, but uh, there is a definite smell of something dying in here and a thick black gr greenish slime covering every inch that is not covered by flowing water. In fact, you can see that the water that is flowing is kind of beginning to pull some of that other, uh, the sludge off the ceiling. Uh, it does smell terrible in here. Uh, you guys can take these tunnels. Uh, so you take these tunnels all the way through. Um, so it, it feels like this sludge that's caked onto the, the ceiling has been, like, sitting there for a while. Yeah. Uh, looks like nobody's come this way in a while. Otherwise, it would have been washed clean. So... You sure this is the way around? If we're on the trail of people, we probably want to be finding more well-traveled corridors. Uh, Podgol... Make me a survival check. Rue, make me a survival check. And Vince, you can also make me a survival check. And, and Roger, if you have it, you can make it too. Um, so, uh, Vince, I'm going to give you the opportunity to change a little bit of what you said. Like, yeah, the top and the bottoms are the, the sludge is, you know, clearly hasn't been disturbed in a while. And it's been building up. But you can see that there has been some movement around um, and this the sludge is just growing back quickly. Uh, Rue, you easily uh, pick up all of this stuff. Your, your eyes are picking up 
all sorts of biological material that you are unfamiliar with. Um, but you can tell that just by the way it has grown, that there has definitely been people or things walking through. Um, and the more you look, it looks like the, some parts of this have been eaten as if something is eating the stuff. Uh, there's definitely points where it's not a hand, but it's got four, uh, four some sort of appendages that are like going into this and digging in. So, um, wait, what? yeah, there's something what? going on in what? here. So there are divots and uh, trails. Uh, in the overgrown slime corridors that Rue is able to figure out, like, hold on, like, those are fairly regular. Um, they go in deep. Uh, and then in other places, they are growing back faster and certain places they are thicker. Um, and just because of her nature as a cyborg with certain connections to a, the biological world, you know, you if you were able to eat this stuff, if you could stomach it, it would probably be nutritious. Uh, if you have taste buds, it would not be good. But. Hey, Pod, why don't you try a mouthful? Sure. Pod has no taste buds, right? Nope. Okay. Um. Yeah, it is uh, cold. You know it's cold. Um, but it's, there's a, the first part of it is kind of gooey and then it gets crunchy after a couple seconds of like it being in your mouth, but it's, it's fine. There's no, it's not poisonous. Well, I'm not dead. So there's that. I think uh, they could stay down in these tunnels for as long as they want. Probably <laughs> food, water. But the fact that they've been growing at the rate that they've been growing, that's kind of what doesn't feel right about any of this. It's typical that we've seen this before, but we've never seen it regenerate at such a rate. I didn't say it was right. I just said it was convenient. Point taken. If I wanted to set up a hidden base, I wouldn't want to have to be going for groceries every couple of days. How many are they trying to feed, though? That's the question I'm not even entirely sure of at this point. Uh, yeah, there's, um, well, given that, uh, where pod has already scooped up is already kind of moving in. Uh, definitely he could subsist on that panel for at least a couple of days. It's just right there. So given how long and windy these passages are, maybe longer, maybe a long long time one second please as i look for yeah you're totally fine okay so you guys have discovered slime tunnels that you know is completely up oh no what i'm just looking at the time um so you guys are going to come back out are you guys going to just hang out in the slime tunnels and map them completely? No, we'd get out of the tunnels completely and go back to where we were in the first general area. Okay. So there is nothing there um, that you haven't already seen, but you do know that uh, to the north and a little bit to the west is the next panel. Excuse me, is a panel that uh, is a doorway that you can open. Well, seems like a good as place as any to continue the search. And what you discover, uh, the uh, this is uh, the water flows through, uh, but then uh, right about where you guys can walk in, it just tunnels back up. So the water is going, is flowing on the top of the ceiling, and then just curving upwards. Uh, you are now in uh, a beautifully appointed uh, hallway that is uh, synth and glass uh, in languages that if you guys spend time trying to decipher, you probably, all of you will at some time be able to figure out what's going on here. Um, but uh, this is 
pictures and pictographs of all sorts of maps of the solar system of like uh, pointing out stars that you guys uh, that looks like that star is actually not a star. It's an artificial. That's artificial. Like, why is it on here? Uh, and there is a series of mosaics and pictographs all around here, um, making it very clear that there is something. Uh, this is a room for history. And I'm just noticing uh, where there is a, a spot connecting where the E tunnel is to the A tunnel. Um, you guys can't see it, but it is it is there. You guys have to crawl through it, but it's right at the tail end if you go down. Uh, there's no good way to... Um, actually, I'll just draw, draw a shape right there. Uh, it's where the, the synth panels have fallen apart. Um, but this is a, this is, uh, the best way to describe it is as it's a walking tour of the history of this particular facility. Does, uh, anything here kind of, uh, touch with what I already know? It's heretical to what you know. Um, it discusses, uh, it, there are people uh, getting into uh, getting into pods like uh, and chambers that look like the twelve that you just left in the previous room. It also has uh, positions of um, I uh, uh, like uh, how do, I don't know how you guys would know this is like oh there are pictures of uh, bright bright blue green gems in a field of black uh and for those of you who uh are you know you're all you all have some connection to numenera you all have some connection to arcana or religion or in pod's case uh to an eccentric uh, scientist who built him there's uh this is like a picture from the great dark the great beyond outer space as some people have called it um this looks like it's a planet and but there's a it's clearly like uh there's earth uh, there's the ninth world right there uh it's the second planet from the sun there's another planet there's it's easy to tell that this is pointing to some sort of object in space and then further down the hallway there are connections to other realms or other worlds uh, mosaics and pictures and some of them as you get closer begin to shift and move uh, showing moving pictures that they're they look like video um, but it's kind of hard to tell uh, is this an animated thing is it just generated is it live is it recorded that you'd have to spend more time with and we don't really have the time for that um, so I'll just uh, mention to the rest group then. Like, seems like uh, this place is from one of them shitty ages where influences from off-world were present. So, be on your guard. I have no idea what we could expect going in further. Okay. Well, clearly we have at least a handful of more encounters before the Numenera session wraps up, but we are leaving it with our intrepid adventurers exploring a hall of history in some sort of ancient ruin. Um, but this has been For the Lore. You can find us on ForTheLore.com. You can also find Roger at Zen Buddhist on the Twitters. You can find uh, Joe at LoaderZJ on the Twitters. Vince is Samadine. Uh, Allie is Pizza Maid. I am Officer Gleason, uh, and I think that's how we close it. I don't remember how we close the show for the lore, because I don't pay attention at this part. That's how you close every show. All right. You can find the show notes at forthelore.com. You could also find them on Stitcher. Right, you've already proven yourself once, Allie. For more information and checking out previous episodes, check them out at forthelore.com. Thank you, Allie. Someone pays attention. And until uh, next week. You're supposed to there say something. <laughs>
Marty, you're fired. Ellie, you're hired. My God damn. Right. What? I don't even. Yeah, you never uh... do. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. Man. I'm the new Marty. I can make a song for you guys. I can hear Roger shaking his head from here. Oh, I can feel it. No, I can feel it. No, there's no shaking. He's just like looking down at the keyboard like, why? There's his face in his uh, hand. He's put yeah. his glasses down on the desk. Like, fuck, what was I thinking? Right? No, it, in my defense, I thought we would have gotten to this by the second episode. And you guys have taken... This is not... None of this is in my my notes and what the story is supposed to be. And I love it. However, none of this is going anywhere near where I thought it was going to. I roll to seduce the bugbear. <laughs> oh, we, there's no... I almost added a bugbear. I rolled the rest believe. Clearly, I am the bugbear. Oh. Okay, now I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.